Amen. Again, open your Bibles. It's our introductory text to our third message in the series on take. Take. Before we start, there was this minister that told his congregation, next week, I plan to preach on the sin of lying. To help you understand my sermon, I want you all to read Mark 17 this coming week. The following Sunday, as he prepared to deliver his sermon, the minister asked for a show of hands. He wanted to know how many had read Mark 17. Every hand in his congregation went up. He then proceeded to tell them what, people? Mark only has 16 chapters. He said, I will now proceed on my sermon on lying. I didn't ask you how many you read Mark 17. <laughs> I did, preacher, I did. No. Judy told me she read it three times. <laughs> it was a little joke, so it'll cost me two. Mark chapter 6, verse 24. No man can serve two masters, either he will love the one, either for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. I say there, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on, is not life more than meat, and the body more than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, Shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your, Father, your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And again, I told you this, the series of this message, and we're talking about different things that people will take, you know, because everything is about self. I don't know how many of you heard today that one of our uh, Supreme Court justices' homes was almost broken into and almost shot. Okay? I want you to understand that. A man flew from California. He came in with a Glock 19, a crowbar, a hatchet, duct tape, and some other tools to break into the home of one of the Supreme Court justices. The only thing that prevented him was he saw two of the U.S. Marshals who are patrolling outside because of when you have a senator from New York say to the, the Supreme Court justice, is you are going to reap, you know, you've, you've reaped the wind, you sent the wind, you're going to reap the whirlwind, and judgment's going to fall on you. 
And the, now they can say that, but when a conservative says something, you know, we're putting out what? Hate speech? And so you, we live in a day and age where people with one persuasion think what they say is right and they have a right to say anything and there's no consequences to what you say. I want you to know there will always be consequences to what you say. There always will be, you know. And we're told so much today, it is the me generation. It is always about us. If you don't think so, just ask me. I'll tell you about my problems. Okay, it's, about, it's my body. I can do what I want for it. I told you last week, some of them are fighting for the ability to be able to abort a child as it's coming down the birth canal. In some of the homes, and there, you know, do you realize that there's big money made off of body parts? Okay, it's my body. I'll do what's best. I'll do what's best for me. Okay, you offend me. I want something bad to happen to you so that I can feel better about me. You know, and so people, they just, they want to take, they're going to take, they're going to take, you know, and I want you to understand, you may think you need but do you really need? You think you want, but do you really want? See, and to that, God says here, take no thought for your life, what you eat, what you drink, your body and your clothing. Because the Lord promises to meet those needs. You know what the world tries to get us to dwell on almost exclusively? Do you realize that so many elections, they're trying to buy one again by the offering of stuff that's going to be given? Because it's about me. People didn't realize that if they continue to take the free government money <clears throat> to spur on the economy, that it would drive inflation through the roof. But guess what it did? And now it's about me because that, that $5 an hour raise that I got when I went back to work is actually a dollar and a half cut. Because I didn't think about the ramifications of what I'm doing. And when we make it about us, we don't think about what? The long-term effects. And, and we read this in our passage, we read, you know, there's things that we are going to examine, things that God says to take. And he tells us, take no thought for tomorrow. How many people... That, you know, I am tired of their needing to be a psychologist for everything that takes place in a person's life. I'm sorry. If Turn to God with it. Look for God's answers. Do you understand that it's still, if you do this, the, the statistical study of the greatest level of suicide amongst medical professionals, you know what it is? Psychologists, psychiatrists. They do not have the answer they can help you understand your victimhood. And the problem is we take so much thought about things that God says, give them to me and I will take care of them. See, so you've got to give them to him and he will take them. When we take them and carry them, it eats us up. There's certain things Judy and I have been dealing with, certain things with our daughter, certain things going on with things and we're, we're turning around and it's affecting sleep and we're spending, you know what it is, it's causing us to pray a lot more. And that's where it's going to be. And I have people tell me, why would God allow? And I'm not talking about within my family. Why does God allow this? And why did God allow that? And why would God do this? And you know what we do? We blame God for stuff that he had nothing to, 
do with. And I say that because you need to know the things that God does want you to take, that's what we're looking at. In the first message, we talked about taking from Psalm 116, verses 1 through 13, to take the cup of salvation. If you're here tonight and you're not saved, now most of the time on a prayer meeting, people have trusted Christ. Maybe some young ones haven't, some, I don't know. You know we've had people turn around and they tell you they're saved, and then they get saved five, ten years later. So I don't know that, so you need the, the most important thing in your life is to take the cup of salvation. I want eternity settled before I'm going to worry about anything else in this life. Amen? So we talked about taking the cup of the Lord's most important need in any person's life. It's the most important need of the people that you go through the cash register line with. Do you know that? Amen? Do you believe that? That's the most important need they have? Did you give them a track? then you didn't think it was their most important need. Amen? If it's the most important need, what are you doing to help meet that need? Then we looked at, Take my yoke and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Okay, and we spent time, we looked at that verse, and that's dealing with taking the yoke of service to God. God wants you, if you're saved, you're saved not for yourself, because it's not about me. Did I make the point earlier? It's about Him. And you're saved to serve Him. For Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Then we talked about taking up the cross. That was the first three that we dealt with. Take up the cross. That's the cross of suffering. And we spent time looking at verses there in Matthew 16 and in 1 Peter 4 about suffering. And it will come into every life. That doesn't mean God is angry with you. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's sin in your life that causes it. If you have sin in your life and it's unconfessed, guess what? It can cause suffering. It can also cause the chastening of God if you're saved. But there's sometimes for God to get glory that you're going to have suffering for no other reason than He gets glory in how you come through it. And you need to remember that. We spent time on that. The second week, last week, I spent a half hour on taking away the stone. And that's stumbling blocks in people's lives. Okay, And I told you, stumbling blocks are opportunities for the grace and power of God. When a stumbling block is set before you, what do you do with it? And we looked at verses on that. Okay, We looked in John chapter 5 and in Mark chapter 2. We looked at the, you know, the waters of Bethesda with the man who couldn't step in on his own. We talked about the four who lowered the man down through the roof. He couldn't do it himself. And we looked at that and we need to realize stumbling blocks will be in everybody's life, won't they? Now, if you stumble over them and you stay down, who wins? A righteous man falleth and getteth up again. Okay? So you don't let stumbling blocks keep you from going forward. Everybody's going to have one. If you don't think you're ever going to stumble, Satan's listening. He'll set it there for you. And then we admonished you not to be a stumbling block in someone else's life. Because we love to look at problems somebody else has and not looking at ourselves. And my Bible says, so let a man examine him 
itself. And so we spent time on that. You know, Romans 14, 13, Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. And tonight, I want you to turn to Isaiah 27. Okay? Isaiah 27. See, because each one of these we looked at, and you're saying is, in the first, you need to take the cup, that's salvation. Take my yoke, that is service. Take up the cross, that is suffering. Take away the stone, that's stumbling blocks. Tonight, starting off with, I want you to take hold of God's strength. God's strength. Isaiah 27, verse 3. I, the Lord, do keep it. I will water it every moment, lest any hurt it. I will keep it night and day. He's talking, he's mentioning of the, the vineyard of red wine in verse 2. And he goes, Fury is not in me. Who would set the briars and thorns against me in battle? I would go through them. I would burn them together. Or let him take hold of what? That he may make peace with me, and he shall make peace with me. Take hold of my strength, God's strength. Look at Isaiah chapter 25. Just go, it's a page back in your Bible, at least in my Bible. Isaiah 25, verse 1. O Lord, Thou art my God, I will exalt Thee. I will praise Thy name, for Thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels are of old in of old, our faithfulness and truth. For thou hast made of a city an heap, of a defense city a ruin, a palace of strangers to be no city. It shall never be built. Therefore shall the strong people glorify thee. The city of the terrible nation shall fear thee. For thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, of refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat. When the blast of the terrible ones, excuse me, when the blast of the terrible ones is as a storm against the wall, take hold of his strength. That's God's sufficiency. I can't do it. Two hardest, or I can't even spell, or I can't even think right now. Three hardest, four hardest words I've ever had to say. I can't do it. Right? Because before I got hurt, I could. I told, I've told you right now. I used to like to slice and dice people with words. They wanted to play games. Okay. I'll make you look like an idiot. And I would do that. Made me look smart. Made them look dumb. I thought. When it came to being strong, if I went to move it, it moved. I could grab it, it would move. And then I told God after I got saved that I wanted to minister to hurting people. And you know what he taught me? You can't. You want to ministering to hurting people? You want to ministering to people who think they are failures in their lives? You are going to hurt. You are going to be weak. You are going to fail at what you used to think you could do.
because I used to think I could do it my way. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And you know the passage I'm taking you to. Second Corinthians chapter 12. The Apostle Paul says in verse 6, For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. I will say the truth, but I will now, but now I forbear, lest any man should think me above that which he seeth me to be, or he that heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Isn't it interesting so many times you think, well, that happened to them because they didn't live right. The Apostle Paul had a problem, and who was it? Satan, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Isn't it interesting the devil wants you, if you think too much of yourself, you know what happens and the attack comes at you? If you don't give it to God the right way, you become bitter. You ever see anybody become bitter? Because Satan wants you bitter. But he fails to understand Scripture where it says God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the... So what happened? A messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure for this thing I besought the Lord thrice, three times, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, <laughs> God wasn't laughing at him. You know, some people take joy in other people's problems. He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. You know what the Apostle Paul learned? That's the time God can work. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Maybe not right off. Amen? When, you go, when you're starting to go through it, you've got to get a handle out, you've got to understand it, you've got to pray to the Lord and try to get a piece about it, don't you? I take pleasure in my infirmities. See, Paul had to come before God with it. Three times he asked for it to change. I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities in persecutions, in distresses for what? Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The sufficiency of God in our lives. And so many times, we won't see it when our hearts aren't open to the Lord speaking to us about it. Amen? So take hold of my strength. Go to Hosea chapter 14. How many of you know where Hosea is? Hosea 14. 
Verse 1. O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Take with you what? And do what? What are they doing? What are they supposed to be doing? Supplications. That's your S. It's prayers. Take with you words and turn to the Lord. Say unto Him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously so we will render the calves of our lips. You know what that is? That's fruit being produced, the calves of our lips. Okay? Asher shall not save us. We will not ride upon horses. Neither will we say any more to the work of our hands. Ye are our gods. For in thee the fatherless findeth mercy. Supplications. Hebrews 13.5 says, By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips. Giving thanks to his name. How many times people struggle and they say, well, God doesn't ever answer my prayers. Well, Jesus told you how you got to start it. How many of you thank God first? How many of you glorify God first? Or do you break right into, I need, I want, it's about me, so take care of this. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Jesus didn't say pray those words, they're magic words. He's saying pray after this manner. He's giving you, you can preach a message out of the points of what he's doing. But it's got to start with recognizing who God is in relationship to you. His sufficiency in relationship to you. The glory that He deserves. Because remember, for thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. Do your prayers glorify Him first? Or do we just jump right to the, the wish list? A lot of people starting off don't know how to pray, and that's okay. Okay, I tell people, can you talk to your father? And I think that's a mistake sometimes when I tell them that, because little kids come up and say, Daddy, can I? <laughs> but you know, when you're first saved, I bet you God understands that. But as you grow, you need to know. Let us not be ignorant, brethren. That you've got to take with you words to the Lord. Now, there's a passage that tells us that the Holy Spirit's going to take before the throne things not uttered, and that's why we have, what? Unspoken prayer request. Understand that. Okay? But, how many times do people pray in generalities and don't pray in specifics? Does God already know what the specifics are? Duh. He wants to make sure you know. I had to learn with my boys. <laughs> Michael goes, Dad, I moved home and now you've got to do this. No. 
starting off and listening to their prayers, getting them to be able to know, speak it clearly. Slow down. It's not how fast you can get the words out. It's what are you saying. Do you understand what you're asking of God? Do you understand what God says about what you're asking? See, because supplications are important. One of the weakest parts of modern Christianity is our prayer lives. And when we don't get, you know, hey, I want to eat. I wasn't there for supper. Microwave it. It's ready. I can't get there. I can go buy what I want. It's there. Sometimes that's the way we approach God. I won't give you the passage. I'll tell you where to go look up the parable of the unjust judge. Because that's talking about supplications and the way God works sometimes. You know what we do sometimes in our prayers? It says, take with your words. You know what we do? We forget to continue to ask him. And he tells you to ask him. You have not because ye ask not. You ask and have not because ye ask it amiss. That you may consume it upon your own loss. Something you got to have. Yeah. I was talking to somebody, I can't remember right now, in the family about Cold Stone Creamery. There's one of those, yeah. Carla introduced me to Cold Stone Creamery. So now you get the, certain, the message tonight. Okay. I believe there's still one up in Destiny, USA, unless they closed it. Okay, they used to have a, a Cold Stone Creamery right in Oswego, and now it's a uh, urgent care facility. <laughs> I don't know if those two are related. I don't care, but you, yeah, <laughs> you hear Pastor Kenny says, "Yeah, they're both places that you frequent, preacher." Okay, but a Cold Stone Creamery, you know what they have? I, Judy knows what I order every time. i got to have it. That's what I order. And then you get more toppings and more ice cream. Okay, it's a got to have it. You know, so many times, consume it upon your own lust. Do you ever think of what you're praying for? Do you know, when you're praying about other people or for people in their needs, and then you see God answer those needs, you know what it does for you later on when it comes time for you to see God answer prayer in your life? Because sometimes he's telling you, you've got to wait. Because you've got to learn more of me. Learn more of who I am. And he says, wait. And they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Supplications, sometimes you're waiting. And you're asking, but you need to know. That as we looked at on dealing with his strength, looking about taking stumbling blocks out of people's lives, there's a spiritual battle going around us. Amen? Continually. We're continually coming under attack and we don't see it at first. We see the visual, the physical stuff taking place. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but there's times I felt like boom, boom. It's like one punch to the head, the next punch to the head. They're getting it from side to side. And then you get one in the back from Etu Brutus. If you don't know what that is, go read some Shakespeare. Okay, you're getting it from, you know, Jesus said in the Old Testament, it talks about wounded in the house of my... It came from a place you never thought it was going to come. 
And it's a battle. And you think it's physical, and so many times it's not. It's spiritual. I'm going to go to two passages, and I'll stop tonight. Okay? Because we'll have looked at two of these. About two more for next week. Philippians 4. Verse 6, 7, and 8. They're verses you should memorize. Be careful for nothing. In other words, don't be full of care. Be careful for nothing but what? And everything by what? And what? Make your request be known unto God. And the peace of God with thanksgiving. Request be known unto God with thanksgiving. Thank you, Judy. With thanksgiving. You're thanking God. How many of you pray at thanking God for what you're praying for? I had somebody says, well, you're overconfident, you're cocky. And I said, no, I'm told to pray that way. Okay? And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your what? The heart is where you make the decisions. Your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's your meditator. As a man thinketh in his, so is he. But keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, my brethren, what sort of things are true? When you don't know what the truth is, don't react to it. Only go by what you know. Finally, my brethren, what sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are just? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are of a good report? If there be any virtue, there be any praise. Think on these things. Too many. <laughs> I've told you before, I know the Bible is two-thirds negative, one-third positive. But that passage is telling me, look at the stuff that's true and then dwell on the thing that's not going to weigh you down. Okay? You know what we'll do sometimes with the weights of tomorrow? We lose the blessings of today. All the time, don't we? That's what we're to think on. What's true, what's honest, what's just, what's pure, what's lovely, what's of a good report. You know what, how to get rid of gossip in your life? Don't entertain people's attacks on someone else. Last passage. Ephesians chapter 6. Told you, it's a, the last, Christian life's a spiritual battle. See, we started off tonight with take hold of my strength. Ephesians 6, verse 10. You ready? Finally, my brethren, lift weights. No? Oh, be strong in the Lord. In the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God so you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. See, because our battle's not against people. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. 
the devil and his angels and the unclean spirits that they're speaking into the ears of so many people? Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with. Finally, my brethren, what sort of things are? Your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Gee, isn't that kind of what's honest and just? I just wonder if they kind of relate to each other. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Faith is believing what God said and acting upon that. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the, the, the word of God. Now you take God's words, right? Take words to God. You've got to take God's word. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart I have sought thee. Let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. The only offensive weapon that a child of God has in that list, everything is defensive except the sword of the Spirit. And when you have that, I remember it told you, take with you word, or take with you words, you've got to come and pray before God, because you're supposed to put on that armor, you're in a battle, you have it, and you have the word of God. Do you ever pray claiming Scripture promises? Do you ever deal with something? I was dealing with something the other day, and I said, Lord, you promised me. In Corinthians 10.13, For there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which ye are able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape, that you're what? Able to bear it. I start claiming promises. Lord, you have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. I'm claiming Scripture. Because I know that's not a lie. Who gave it to me? Because it says, praying always with all prayer and... If I'm going to be in the battle, I put on that armor, I have an offensive weapon, the sword of the Spirit, and then it tells me to do what? Pray. With all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance. Oh, you mean I don't quit praying? Doesn't it mean to persevere is to continue and to continue and to continue until you overcome? with all perseverance and supplication for just myself. It says, for all saints. And then he says, and for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Take with you words, you're in a spiritual battle. Put on the armor he gives you, then use the sword of the Spirit and pray. So many times we do before we pray instead of praying before we do. I won't ask everyone here to raise their hand honestly who started their day with things different than going to God first. You can ask Judy. I'm miserable to be around if I'm not in my Bible first. 
She comes in and she goes, are you reading your Bible or are you looking at news? We need our time together. I need it because when I'm praying with her and for her and for others, I'm nicer to her. I can be nice. You may not see it very often, but I can be nice. And I'm telling you, we need to take with us words to Him. And all God's people said, Amen. Good night and God bless.